What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a very special bonus episode here on the Agents of Fandom podcast. My name is Adam Blevins, senior editor and co-host of the Agents of Fandom podcast. As I said, we've got a very, very special episode for you guys today. Usually, you know, we keep it to our very general Marvel, Star Wars, DC kind of topics. But as you're all aware, there is a uh, there's a, a pretty big phenomenon going on this weekend. Two huge movies completely taking the world by storm. And we figured it appropriate to have a little agents only podcast, get a few familiar faces on and a few new faces on as well. And talk about these two awesome movies that everybody's been having a great time with. And I think everybody is undoubtedly super, super excited for. But without further delay to get into some introductions here. First off, Agents of Fandom co-host returning or Agents of Fandom Talk talk show host. Oh my god, I'm already butchering this. Excuse me. <laughs> Ticket to like reality. <laughs> Ticket to reality co-host and also veteran of the Agents of Fandom podcast from the past, Emma Doris. Emma, how are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, this weekend was just absolutely wonderful. Spent it at the movie theater pretty much the entire time. So I am ready to talk these huge cinematic experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great, which is one of the first things we're going to be talking about is as opposed to just like specifics on the movie is how awesome it's been to see movie theaters packed and just general such excitement and like really good vibes. And obviously that with anything, there's going to be these, you know, the shitheads that are talking annoying and stuff like that. But it just seems like 99 percent of it's just been really good. And I think all of us and just the film community as a whole really, really needed that. So next up, we've got making his Agents of Fandom podcast debut, I believe, on any platform. Mark Paselli. Mark, how you doing, buddy? That is correct. Debut. Excited to be here. Real Cinema is back. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, coming up next, we have Ash, who also, if any of you will know, if you've been following our Secret Invasion podcast, Ash and M, I believe, are on for, what was it, episode three? We had a great time coming on talking about episode three, an episode that, well-documented that I don't like, but we still had an absolutely (laughs) great time talking about this stuff. Ash, how you doing? I am fantastic. This weekend has been a a whirlwind, and I'm really excited to get to talking about it all. Absolutely. Yeah. A whirlwind, to say the least. I don't know. Like, I've spent, as I went and saw Oppenheimer on Tuesday, and then again on Thursday, and then Barbie on Friday, and then the double feature on Saturday. (laughs) And, like, I'm starting to wonder, like, my entire world is getting flipped upside down. Like, it feels weird (laughs) when I'm not inside of a movie theater. (laughs) lastly another very special guest i believe she's made her appearance on fandom academy before so we can't call her completely foreign to this world but to the agents of fandom podcast making her debut aisha shabish how you doing i'm great thank you for having me i'm so thrilled to be talking about (laughs) Renheimer. like ah, 
<laughs> this was just been like this really, really highly anticipated thing that I was, I was a little bit concerned about myself mm -hmm. with like, before these movies premiered, I, I didn't want to see Barbie or Oppenheimer open up to like a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then there's already enough competition between these two, which I haven't really been crazy about seeing. I just want these this to be a thing that like everybody enjoys. But it's been really good to just see so many people loving both of these movies and the theater being packed and all this stuff. So give me your kind of your thoughts on that, like your build up to the movie, your experience being at the theater and doing all this kind of stuff. So just give me your give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was one of those things like my expectations were like sky high and I really don't like to have high expectations with anything that I, I watch, but this like felt like it was consequential. Like I, I felt like if either of these movies were bad, it was just going to suck, like especially on Twitter for like like weeks. Um, but I, I wanted and I was just like thoroughly interested in both movies. So I was just very excited. I'm like, I, I just can't wait for the experience. Um and it honestly, it, it was, it's incredible how it actually exceeded my expectations. Um, I, the theater experience was so fun. I saw Barbie early on Wednesday night for like the, they announced that like blowout, you know, early screening party, whatever. Um, and so I went to my theater. I was kind of like, okay, you know, I, I might see some people dressed up, whatever, but like everybody was dressed up in pink and it made me so happy. Everyone was so excited. And the theater was amazing. They laughed at all the good, all the jokes. Like it was just so great. Um, and then throughout the weekend, everybody was like, and I saw people like posting uh, just on like my personal social media, like, you know, friends that I've known and family being like, I'm going to see Barbie and Oppenheim, you know, so it, it kind of like bled outside of like film Twitter and like the film community, which made me so happy um, because it felt like, I honestly haven't had this like theater experience and like feeling since, spider-man no way home honestly like it just it it just felt so like it felt like an event uh so it was just very it made me so happy that both movies are honestly incredible um and they just they're so different so i agree that they shouldn't be compared necessarily because like they're completely different <laughs> some overlapping themes somehow but like still just very different and both just amazing movies so it, it's just been such a fun thing to experience and I fear that I don't know if this could be replicated, but so I'll probably be sitting in that little bit of letdown for a little while, but at least we have the movies to come back to. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm like, I'm afraid. I believe you were the one that said something about it. That was like, I wonder if this has ruined the movies for me forever, because this was just like such <laughs> a peak event. And I thought it was interesting too, that you just brought up talking about how there were people outside of like the film Twitter mm -hmm. circle reaching out and talking about this, because I don't know about you guys, but I've had people I know in my life that are, you know, casual movie movie fans and stuff like that that I'm friends with that are just reaching out and be like, wow, like, how about Barbie and Oppenheimer? Like, people that I know really couldn't care less about going to the movies on, like, an average weekend for anything. But yeah. it's like, even, like, this extends so much outside of, like, even our circle. So, Mar, why don't you talk a little bit about that, too? What was your experience with it, like, your level of excitement building up, and then how was it, like, in the theater for you? I, I was concerned as well. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie, because it's becoming, especially since pandemic started it's becoming more and more difficult to predict box office performance and i you always see like these these tweets or x's i guess uh, they're called now as of today uh you see these projections like oh movie you know movie xyz is projecting for a hundred million dollar uh, opening and these days it's like a meteorologist like like you're, you're, it's not actually accurate uh, it, it's becoming more and more difficult to actually predict if people are actually going to go to these movies because interest is always sky high on social media. And for Barbenheimer weekend, I mean, for the last 
six, eight months. It's, it's like everyone's been building this up and there's that fear kind of in the back of my mind, like it's going to be like what we see for a lot of these DC movies where people you're, you're tweeting out the memes, you're talking about how excited you are for, for something and then people don't show up. And we've been seeing like these bits and pieces of people going back to the movies. Like I saw Tenet in a practically empty theater. I think I was one of like three people there. Uh, of course that was released in the pandemic, but then no way home comes out uh, around Christmas of 21 and packed theaters and the theater reactions uh, vi- viral that, that, you know, everyone, uh, you know, watches those videos of, of the reactions to no, to no way home to end game, et cetera. And then suddenly 2022 rolls around and it's kind of empty theaters again. Uh, and, then, you know, you have great events. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a packed theater for Top Gun Maverick, and Top Gun Maverick was my personal most anticipated movie of, uh, of last year. And that was credited as another movie that kind of, oh, this is getting people back into theaters. But then we saw a bunch of poor performances the rest of the year and the start of this year. So it, it's, I was happy to see that this was one of the ones like No Way Home, like Top Gun Maverick, uh, like uh, the Mario movie, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough, that got people back to theaters. And I just hope that it's the start of actually getting people back in there. Because, I mean, I saw so many people dressed up in their Barbie outfits yesterday. And it was great seeing, you know, parents with their kids uh, making like a family event out of it. Like, that's what theater is supposed to be. That's what, uh, like, you know, we always overuse, like, oh, this is cinema. Like, that is cinema. Like, it's great to see people escape for a little bit. Uh, I didn't see the movies split up like you did, Adam, because I wanted my first experience to be the double feature. Uh, so instead of seeing Oppenheimer or Barbie uh, on Thursday or Friday, I, I did it uh, Saturday, the double feature, Oppenheimer first. It was an incredible experience. And I, I do hope that these studios, A, pay their actors and writers, uh, but B, I hope they see hey, like this is what the spirit of all this is. And people want to go to the movies and they want to be captivated in contrasting stories. And that was the whole big thing about uh, Barbenheimer. It's you have two polar opposite movies and guess what? People are going to go enjoy them both, even though they have two completely different target audiences in theory. No, uh, uh, you know, I was the target audience for both of them. I went, you saw them both. I love them both. Uh, so it was just an incredible experience. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And also, it's a really interesting point talking about like building off of No Way Home. We had this big, because I believe No Way Home crossed $2 billion or got really close to $2 billion or something like that. Yeah. Like, it was far and away the biggest thing like, post-pandemic, post the start of the pandemic. And then, like you said, like Top Gun Maverick did pretty good. But then other than that, like, and I, and I know uh, Mario exceeded expectations as well. But as somebody that I saw Mario on opening weekend, or because or I, I believe it came out on, on Wednesday, or, like in the middle of the week, which is always a little bit of an... Uh, like an interesting contrast to think about, like as opposed to like an opening weekend when a lot of people are going on like Wednesdays, Thursdays, things like that. But like this was just unlike I, I can't even liken this to anything except like Endgame because even like going to see No Way Home, like it was really really exciting and like it did huge numbers on opening weekend. But I'm just thinking about it like I, I haven't seen this many people in a movie theater in a long long time. So, Ash, I'd like to throw it to you next to talk about, you know, the same thing, general excitement for Barbenheimer and what it was like being at the theater this week. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Endgame because Endgame has this entire franchise to back it up, right? Like, these are completely solo films. So the fact that we have this, um, like, whole weekend, like what M said, it, it was a, an event. Barbenheimer is, a, an, is an event. 
um, it'll go down in history <laughs> as one of like the most peak cinematic weekends that, you know, we may even ever live through. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to kind of experience this again. And I'm just so happy that I, I was able to, and it feels so surreal. Um, my theater for Oppenheimer, like, Everybody, there were some, you know, sensible chuckles throughout the, um, at the end of the, the movie, everybody applauded and Barbie, everybody just absolutely roared with lobster, oh, with lobster, <laughs> everybody <laughs> roared with laughter, um, sobbed, I know I sobbed. And again, it was like another one of those standing ovation, like clapping moments that I haven't experienced since since No Way Home. So it was it was surreal. Yeah, I agree. That was something that I noticed was really interesting too, having seen Oppenheimer three times, which I don't like my soul is still recovering from that and it's gonna take a long time <laughs> I don't know to how recover you did from that. that. <laughs> and then Barbie the first time. <laughs> The only way I was able to do that is because I've seen Barbie twice to help lift me out of the uh, lift me out of that, that little funk. But it was really interesting because, like like you said, there's some jokes and there's also a lot of moments that it's like it'll, it'll go quiet and you can just hear like a collective like sigh or like a gasp. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out of your theater mm -hmm. and all three showings, because the first time I went was Tuesday on a, on a packed out, huge IMAX theater. You can just hear that. Like people have been into it from Tuesday all the way into like Saturday which a lot of times as somebody that goes and sees movies, usually like Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, when they soon come out, as soon as they come out, because I'm really excited. I get a very different experience with like the Thursday crowd than I do with like Saturday, Sunday crowd, even so. So that was really, really cool to see. But Aisha, what about you? What was your general excitement like in your theater experience? How was that like for you? It's honestly just thrilling that we get to be in like a space like this again and have like theaters packed because like everyone said, it's like since Endgame, not Endgame, No Way Home, since we saw this giant and extravagant like event, like for me, when I, when I went to see Barbie, there was so many seats, like a sea of pink. And I'm like, you know, I haven't seen this many people wear pink since like, who knows? <laughs> like, like I was saying Mean Girls, but I was born the year Mean Girls came out. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was not going to work. I had to put a joke there, guys. I had to. You <laughs> <laughs> <Use> the joke. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible yeah. to see back theaters and see everyone, like, go back and see, like, movies again after this, like, long time. And, like, even with the Barbie and Hyper Double features, like, the cherry on top. Like, I honestly just hope, like, studios see this and see the impact of this and show credit to the artists behind these movies like the act like the actors and the writers and show that show them that they deserve the credit that they deserve and like the justice right. they need to like what am i trying to say here <laughs> word <laughs> be successful like they're the reason these movies are successful they're the reasons people are going back to the theaters and that's like super essential yes yeah, we want I... it we want to see people make we want to see talented people make wonderful, gorgeous, 
fun, funny, sad. Like we want to see like these real stories with like real people. We don't want to exactly. lie. Exactly. <laughs> Hollywood, get it through your little Hollywood brain. <laughs> <laughs> Give these artists what they deserve. Yeah, right, yeah, you're exactly right. And you guys all make a great point. Obviously, everybody here at the Agents of Fandom stand with the writers and the actors and everything. And we're going to do everything we can to support those that are on strike while also continuing to do our work and, and pay homage to these people and know that we wouldn't be getting these projects without the people, the writers and the actors that work so hard on them. So I'm, I'm very glad you guys brought that up. But you also, it's, it's interesting too, to think like Mark talked about this a little bit. And then like, I think all of you did this, like we, these last movies that we've gotten, I really think since the pandemic, what, like one really, really big comic book movie. And then like three or four now, like big, like original story, I guess like Mario is not, it's not really like an original story, but then things like Top Gun, I don't know, Top Gun's like a sequel, but like Top Gun and then Barbie and Oppenheimer, like these are not like backed by anything. Like you said, Ash, these are not, these don't have like an entire cinematic universe to fall back on. And I hope this is like studios can take this and be like, Hey, maybe we don't need to pour $300 million into a comic book movie that we don't know if anybody for a character that people aren't familiar with and just market it as a comic book movie and hope that, you know, $750 million worth of people are going to show up to the box office. Because I feel like we have irrevocable proof that that's not the case anymore, that that's just not going to work. People want to see good stories. They want to see unique stories. We've seen enough comic book movies, and I'm not advocating for less of them, but I'm saying, like, I don't, I personally was more excited for this than I was any, and I was super, super excited for Spider-Verse. I'm excited for the Marvels. I was excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, it really wasn't up to the level of Barbenheimer for me. And I, these are the two movies that I've personally enjoyed the most this year. So you guys all made some great points. But we got to get right into talking about these two movies, what we liked about them. And I would usually say what we liked and what we didn't like. But I don't think there's a whole lot that any of us didn't like really about either of these movies. But we're going to kick it off talking, talking about Oppenheimer first because I think many people that, that are doing the double feature kind of thing, that's where you start. You start with Oppenheimer because you know you're going to come out feeling like you just got shot in the chest. And then you got to get, you got to let Barbie build up the vibes. So, Em, I'd like to throw it to you first, just to get your general thoughts on like on Oppenheimer, what you like, the performances, the story, everything. Just, just share your general opinion on. Yeah, I absolutely loved it so much. Um, so I did, I kind of did like, I couched Oppenheimer with two showings of Barbie, sort of. So I did like Barbie on Wednesday, uh, and then Oppenheimer on Friday, Barbie again on Saturday, um, and it just. So what was crazy is just the theater experience. I mean, it was packed. My entire theater was basically sold out. Um, everybody, it, I forgot I was in a movie theater for, for most of it, just because like you could hear a pin drop. Like, I mean, they're really like, it's not a funny movie, obviously. But there's a couple jokes in there. And so like when the one joke happened, like people laugh and I was like, oh yeah, there's other people here. It was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think I've been that like glued to my screen for anything in, in a long time as I was for Oppenheimer. Like I was sitting there just like stare, like stressed. And uh, you know, I know what happens, but it, it just like during like the test, uh, the nuclear test, like uh, the Trinity test, I, I was genuinely, so I was like, I don't think this is healthy for like the amount of stress that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> like, I, you know, just waiting for things to happen. And, but honestly, just like it, it was honestly, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors and I've loved every movie I've seen by him. Um, and it's just, I just don't know how you can top something like this. The performances were all absolutely amazing. I mean, Killian Murphy was just wonderful. All literally every single actor in that movie was just great. Even Josh Peck. It was really surprising to see Josh Peck, but Josh he did a good Peck. job. 
<laughs> I honestly really loved him. Um, so like, it just, I mean, I, I'm like a, so I think like what Mark was talking about, like, I also am the target audience for both of these movies because I love, like, I have such a range of things that I love. Like for some reason, there's just like, I love like historical biopics just as much as I love like comedies. Um, so I, if I'm in the mood for it, like I can, I will sit and watch like a three hour biopic like this. And I did not feel the time, like I knew I was in there for three hours, but I was glued to the screen the entire time. Did not even like, I wasn't bored at all. So it, it was just, it, it just was amazing across the board. The sound, the score was just like to under, you know, just the way that it was used to, to highlight certain scenes and feelings and just everything about it. It was just perfect, honestly. And if I left the final scene like jarred me and I, I left just like I was just sitting there like I don't even know what to say. So ten out of ten. Just absolutely easy. Yeah, shout out to Ludwig Gorenson for that. And I apologize if I if I mispronounced that name. I think I don't think I've ever actually heard it pronounced, Ludwig. but it's Ludwig. Ludwig. Okay, there we go. Ludwig Gorenson. <laughs> shout out to him because he did a great, great job with the score, like you said. And and the bomb, yeah. the entire Trinity test was Ooh. just so interesting, right? Because building up to this movie everybody's been talking about like we've seen the memes when the bomb explodes like this loud thing. but then it's like the only thing that you can hear for any of that is just like breathing obviously until the fallout yeah. comes and it's like i feel like i'm just like suspended in midair as if like i'm just hanging from the ceiling like just in suspense because it's just so that I, the way the choice to do it like that was just brilliant and i don't think anybody saw it coming because the first time i saw it i'm sitting here just waiting like you know you know the pulse is coming eventually but it's like you just can't my heart can't possibly prepare for it. And then even still, as soon as it happens, I'm just like, jumped out of my chair. Like, I even mm -hmm. And those of you, this show won't be so loud. Brilliant. Those that of you was listening. just so <laughs> brilliant to be yeah. dead silent and then yeah. have that delay with the big, like, yeah. come on. It was so like, times I literally jumped yeah. during that. Like, yeah. it, I was like, oh shit. They did a really, really great job with it for sure. But Mark, I want to throw it to you next to give us your general thoughts on Oppenheimer, the performances, all that kind of stuff. What'd you think about the movie? I mean, I, I was just absolutely blown away. My expectations were met and then some before I get into mo most of my thoughts, I did want to call back to one of the things Emma was saying and actually probably the biggest laugh that occurred in my theater was an unintentional one. And I don't think this guy meant to do it on purpose, but there was someone in the audience who, when Josh Peck did come on screen, he goes, is that fucking Josh Peck? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Me. laughs> that's, I love when stuff like that happens in theaters and it's just, that's so great. So yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't even like yell it out, like trying, like trying to get a reaction. Like you can just hear him. He just kind of, cause everyone's so quiet. He just kind of blurts it out and everyone just like absolutely cracked up. But uh, shout out to our favorite son of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Matt Damon, for getting uh, an actual laugh in the movie. Uh, again, they just mix it in a little bit. Nolan will, will do that. Uh, he'll just kind of mix in a, a laugh when you don't think you're going to get it. And uh, it, it, he doesn't make a habit of it, but it's great. I love when he does it. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar to what Emma said, I mean, I walked out of that movie and my entire theater walked out of that movie and just kind of stunned silence. That that is only to my memory happened one other time in my life and it was American Sniper. Uh, that was the only other time that I remember a whole crowd of people just kind of walking out of the theater really not saying anything uh, because that's the way that movie leaves you. It leaves you feeling scarred. It leaves you feeling just like, how did we do this? 
you know, as, as a country, as a world, the world that we live in. And the people who, you know, all the, the takes on, on social media leading up to and even after uh, the movie, because it's one thing going into the movie to say, I can't believe they're going to make a movie glorifying the creation of the atomic bomb. That's not what happened. Then you see people afterward think, saying, I can't believe they glorified uh, a J. Robert Oppenheimer. Like, what movie did you watch? Yeah. What movie did you watch? There was no glorification. Uh, I, I, I tweeted about this too, but, it, you know. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They make a point in this movie of pointing out how every single character, you know, and not, they're not characters. They are real people, but they're, they're being played by actors and actresses. Every single one of those people are vile human beings. There is no one who looks good uh, throughout that. And... I was like trying to come up with my thoughts for the movie when I was walking out and I was like, what an incredible performance from Robert Downey Jr. What a, a great job by Matt Damon. Uh, Alden Aaron, I can't pronounce his last name. Alden Ehrenreich. Um, there you go. And Josh Hartnett, the Josh Hartnett resurgence yeah. is yeah, yeah. is here. <laughs> and I was thinking like, I can't list out, oh, oh incredible performance by Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh. Because it's like, I'm going to list out the entire cast. They were all so incredible. Uh, so, I mean, just Christopher Nolan got incredible performances out of so many people and Killian Murphy just goes without goes without saying like he is obviously right now the front runner for for best actor um you know it remains to be seen who's going to challenge him a lot of people are saying Leo for uh Killers of the Flower Moon but uh it's just he was absolutely stunning and yeah I just I, I was blown away by this movie and it's great to see a historical biopic. No biopic is going to be completely historically accurate. There will be inaccuracies. It's just, it's difficult for it, them not to, because, you know, unless you're, you have firsthand accounts and even firsthand accounts, you know, 70, 80 years later, there, there's, you know, going to be inaccuracies, but it's nice to see something that is not intentionally Hollywoodized, uh, like, you know, something like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is just rot with historical inaccuracies. It's nice to see something that's like, hey, we're going to tell this story. We're not going to make anyone look good. We are just going to uh, to tell you what happened and do it in a pretty astounding way. Yeah, I agree. And, and they, you know, they did such a good job, I thought, towing the line between, like, vilifying what was going on and then also, like, underplaying the necessity the ne necessity of it Ooh, i just about had a little spontaneous <laughs> dyslexia kick in right there um and like the line that really hits with me and where they did so well with that was i, I can't remember there's so many 
I don't want to say characters, but real people in this movie. I can't remember his name, but it was the guy that, that you know, in the very far, in the very beginning, he gives the speech in Dutch, and the, the same guy that he meets in the beginning. And he says, like, that eventually goes on to say, I'm not going to join you at Los Alamos because I don't want, like, the culmination of all of our work to be a weapon of mass destruction. And he sits down beside him, and he's like, I don't know if we can be trusted with this, but I know the Nazis can't. And that, like, plays out to me that it's like, we don't really have a choice in this. And, like, I, I'm somebody that's not familiar with Robert Oppenheimer's story. I didn't want to... Look at like when it got to the, like got out through the promotion and everything, and I was like, well, I don't, I already don't know about it, so I'm like, it's it's actually kind of cool to not know like how it could potentially end or what. I, so I was like, I'll just wait and do my research after, and then kind of be surprised about everything going in. But like they did, I just thought they did a really really good job because even the parts that that do seem to glorify the act of it, like that scene, one of the most brilliant scenes I think in the movie, is when they're doing the the stomping the feet in the auditorium and kind of stuff. It's played off very quickly to where like the people that are clapping and cheering are like evil. Like, and, yeah. and that is what was like wrong with this whole thing. Like, even though these are like, there's positive things going on. It's like, you're watching like through, you know, it's hold your like fingers apart. Cause it's, yeah. That part was, was really, really chilling. So I Ash, was scared. Gotta, it yeah. Was, oh yeah. Yeah. I was too. And, and they were doing it like, it was loud too. Cause it would cut to complete yeah. silence. It was like, and then it was like, all of a sudden the, the, the stomps would kick back in. I kept just like getting blasted out of my chair again when they were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. I don't know. They did such a great job with all those scenes. I thought. But Ash, what do you think about the movie? Let's let's hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, first, I am a massive Nolan fan. Um, only he can get me to be pumped about <laughs> the story of Oppenheimer. Um, <laughs> I thought that it was great. I thought that um, the sound mixing was incredible. That's kind of what I was most just. Uh, consumed with when sitting there I just think it added so much to the story like I think without it it, it would have been com felt completely different um they they had these kind of he, he put it or, I'm sorry Nolan added you know these beautiful like uh picturesque and just these gorgeous um scenes of like with the fire and space skies and everything I'm sorry. Can I can I take a break for a second? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you, it was really I interesting wanted, too. I'm trying to like cough <laughs> through a lump in my throat and like words are oh. coming out. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, well, I just I was well, bounce off of that real quick. Oh, oh sorry, yeah. go ahead, Em. Oh sorry, I'm no, sorry. I just said what, so, <laughs> that just was really uh, uncomfortable for me. <laughs> what Mark, what, I, what Mark was saying earlier about like the people, like the discourse that's already, and I, I don't see too much of it, thankfully. But when I, I did see like some people. <laughs> say oh it's it's military propaganda i'm like i just urge people to just like know what you're like just look up yeah. words because <laughs> just because the military is in something doesn't mean it's propaganda and right. honestly it did a great job at vilifying the government the, mil <laughs> the military i was like it's literally the opposite like they portrayed them in such a i mean a deservedly terrible light because they're the villains in this some of the villains but I, I was just i was just like come on like it it, it was i i thought it did a great job of not glorifying any of the atrocities that actually happened so yeah how about, how about, how about yeah, making yeah. harry truman like the biggest villain there oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i think everything was done super respectfully mm -hmm. i thought that it was as honest as it it could have been for like what mark said for kind of this hollywoodization of this oppenheimer story um, I think 
Nolan totally. I think he he hit it right on the bar. I think he was he did he told the story to the best of his ability, and I think visually it was stunning. I mentioned the sound was what I was most impressed with, and I mean Killian, he was just a force to be reckoned with. Like he was a powerhouse. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Come on, like I have not. I have been waiting to see him on the big screen again, and this was just the best kind of reintroduction. I I thought he killed his role. I mean, everybody did. Florence, Emily, like, uh, it was, I mean, Matt Damon, the entire cast, we, we could probably talk about how amazing the cast <laughs> is for three hours, which I'm sure we will when we uh, go into more of the Oscar stuff. But <laughs> it, was, it, it was phenomenal. I will say, I am very happy that I did not see Barbie right after because i think it is a film you do need to kind of sit with like take it all in coming out into a sea of pink <laughs> was jarring <laughs> but yeah overall it it's one of nolan's best works i'm an interstellar fan that's my favorite Taste. of his um yeah and i think that this is it's very very close for me and it's it's like a history movie, you know, like a historical right. movie. That's, that's not, I'm not supposed to be <laughs> into this movie as much as I am. <laughs> oh, that's how I feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I agree. And, and yeah, I think one thing Christopher Nolan is so great at is getting the best performances out of everybody that he has mm-hmm. to work with. And now we all know sim- like similar to James Gunn and, and many filmmakers, like we've seen a lot of these same people in Christopher Nolan movies. And that's not a bad thing. At all. That's why it makes me a little mad when we've been seeing so much of this stuff that's surrounding James Gunn and people are like, oh, he just cast the same people in was And I'm like, have you guys not seen Christopher Nolan movies? Like, Killian Murphy's been in, like, a lot of them. Like, Gary Oldman's been in, like, a lot of them. Like, all those. A lot of these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Bale. It's like a lot of these people are in the same movies. And another thing you brought up, too. Yeah, Michael Yeah, Yeah, another thing you brought up, too, that is just these visuals that, like, with the visions and stuff like that. I have just got to know, and they're playing coy with it in interview. I have to know how they were able to do this because like he said, there's no VFX. They, all he will say is like, yeah, you know, we tested around with these really small versions of it and like filming these small, like I have to know what I'm watching. Is this like a battery exploding? Is this like, I don't know what happens when you set like, like a, like a firecracker. I, I, that's like one of the things that stands out the most to me because they're all different. Too, like we've got these ones that look like there's like wire like bending and then there's things that just looks like we're looking off into outer space like i i don't know they did such an amazing job with that and i i know you know nolan probably won't share his secrets and rightfully so like you don't want to just tell everybody you play but you can't just go out and be like yeah we did it like this and now everybody will be doing it but like because i don't think we've seen anything like that in movies before like i think that well, he shot it unique. on film too right yeah right yeah exactly yeah. and i know that's how he said he likes to like he likes to do that because he thinks that far and away it gives like the best quality and honestly i'm not yeah. one to, pu- to push back on christopher nolan yeah, with anything because he knows more <laughs> if i finish my life knowing five percent about film what christopher nolan knows i think it'll have been a success but aisha we're going to kick it to you next and talk about what you think generally what were your general thoughts on, on oppenheimer performances story all that stuff so i saw barbie before oppenheimer so i did literally barbenheimer the way it spelled <laughs> i thought the movie was brilliant like brilliant (laughs) like Nolan really brought that like flavor of rich cinema like through the visuals and the script and casting a brilliant cast that 
all have like stellar performances. And honestly, like that movie was just like riding a roller coaster from all the tensions and like it goes up and down in circles. But like it ended super satisfyingly that left my entire theater in awe. And I feel like that's something Chris Nolan does really well in all his movies is like leaving off with a really satisfying ending. Like I, since once again, the youngest in the room, grew up watching Nolan Just through like, the telling us, keep bringing it up. <laughs> through the Dark Knight trilogy and how that, like the, the Dark Knight in particular, like, and how that movie ended. Like Nolan is so great at that because he's also a writer director. He's not just a director. He, he knows his movies. He writes them the way he wants the movie to go. And that's in Oppenheimer. He really executed that by telling the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer and all these other real people. And yeah, it's just, it was just brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I've been thinking, I was, preparing for this podcast and thinking of all of my thoughts and, and, and formulating all that stuff. And then I'm like, you guys have hit on everything perfectly. That's so great about this movie. Like, and it's like everything from top to bottom, the performances, the editing, the story, the design, the directing, like there's no weak links in this movie. And especially that's hard for a three hour movie. And like, you can, you can pretty closely like identify this movie's acts. Like if I was, to, I, and this is not a problem. I, did, I do not have a problem with this at all. But if I was to give it one ding, mm-hmm. it's that it, this is a small ding. It's that the three acts are just like really, really set in stone. Like the first act mm-hmm. is his backstory. The second act is the building of the bomb. And then the third act is what followed. Like Now, for the record, like I said, I love that. And I, I thought it worked. They did a great job weaving all that together with like different, not, I guess, like flashbacks and cut forwards and things like that. Because I don't even really know how to identify what is a flashback because we bounced through so many different timelines and I'm like, what was the movie actually set in? I don't know if it even had like a set time that we were in. It feels like it didn't. It feels like it was more just kind of. I think when they were in black and white, that was like supposed to represent the most, not obviously the present time, but Oppenheimer's yeah. present time. Yeah. Which was yeah, the choice to put that in black and white. But I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Adam, cool. you've seen it three times, so you should be able to tell yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> right. and it's like, to like, me, you watching it. like, nine hours of <laughs> I, I have. Yeah, I have. And I'm not quite okay with it yet. Like, I'm still coming to terms with you the fact that I You mean you were just that. not yeah. quite okay? <laughs> Period. Yeah. He was just not okay. Right. He was, like, saw right. bomb and just, like, oh, God. Because <laughs> I felt like, well, I thought it was really cool. Because I before I was talking about like how like me and my partner were talking about just like how is the story going to be told like is it going to be through his you know just sitting and like talking about his life or are we just going to kind of see it play out and I thought it was a brilliant choice to kind of do it through the perspective of like the the hearing and having Mm -hmm. it be flashbacks and the the fact that it spanned so many years was really cool um I didn't expect that and I didn't expect to have like the black and white uh sections where I, I kind of interpreted that as like Strauss's perspective and kind of like that the juxtaposition I was like it's really interesting because I don't know too much of the history or I didn't know going into this and so I thought that was such a cool choice and it made it just a much more interesting experience so I mean I just have nothing bad to say about it there really is no, no it was so smartly done too it wasn't like 
you know, you didn't have like years, um, yeah. like kind of blasted on the screen of when this mm -hmm. is, or, you know, nobody outright said what year it was. They, they did it so smart by like his interactions with Einstein. Yeah which was like so brilliant. Also, I loved Einstein in this movie. That was so cool. <laughs> I, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was actually cool. one of the other like laughs that people got is when mm -hmm. Einstein pops up yeah. from behind the, the moving car and everyone's like, oh my God, he just pops up. <laughs> and he like, lost his hat and like everyone started yeah. chuckling. <laughs> like a few yeah. like, like, moment, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. like no one wrote this movie in first person. So this is like through mm -hmm. Oppenheimer's perspective. And like M said, I also thought the black and white was to just uh, like, what's the word? <laughs> yeah. Transition. Between, yeah. <laughs> between uh, RDJ's character and Killian Murphy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I want to give a special shout. This movie has so many great line readings and, and deliveries and stuff. But like one of my favorites was pretty early on in the movie, like Robert Downey Jr. and, and Killian Murphy, uh, their characters Strauss and, and Oppenheimer, are talking about their past and stuff. And he's like, right, he was like, uh, Louis Strauss was just a lowly shoe sh shoe salesman, and he kind of she was like, just a shoe salesman. That was like one of my just like his delivery of that and like like that kind of like sly demeanor that he get. Oh my god. Yeah, Ash, like you said, Downey was so great in this movie. And it's, for me, I grew up with, like, like Iron Man was my guy growing up. Like, And obviously, we didn't really get to see Robert Downey Jr. do too much. He, I think he's great in the Zodiac, but, like, other than that, like, once he joined Marvel, like, that was kind of his life and his schedule. And, like, I'm not, I would never wish that he got to do anything else because that was, like, a huge part of my life and my childhood is, like, watching him as Iron Man. So to see him, and, you know, but now I feel like, over these last couple of years, there's been this this general consensus that like, oh, he's not really like a great actor. He was just great as Iron Man. And I'm like, you people are forgetting that he is a great actor. And like, this is a perfect example of it. But Adam, have you just, ever I seen, think, honestly, uh, go ahead. Mark. Sorry. Have you ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I have not. I'm actually not familiar with a lot of his early movies. I know I need to, I need to watch all of his earlier movies and, and catch up on his, his filmography, but I actually have not seen Kiss Kiss Bang. Yeah, I mean, it just in general, if anyone wants to see just more of Robert Downey Jr. just acting incredibly, he's obviously really good in the Sherlock Holmes movies too. But uh, uh, yeah. like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a really good one if you want to see him, uh, you know, twenty something years ago. Yeah. So I well, honestly, guys, I think we could sit here and talk about Oppenheimer for I don't know <laughs> two or three hours, like you said. But this is not the only big movie of the weekend that we have to talk about. There was another really really big movie, which in which is Barbie, a movie that I love. And I, I cannot wait to get into this Oscar game that we're going to play after this. But like, I my expectations for this, were for both of these movies like you guys, were high. But I had no idea what to expect, what kind of movie this was. Like it, based on the marketing, it didn't seem as much like, like Mario, a movie that we were talking about earlier, is a kid's movie that adults can enjoy. It's just, a, it's a kid's Mario movie. But this is not, a kid's movie. Now I think kids can still go and watch this movie and I think they should go and watch. It. I think there's a lot of important messages that children need to see in this movie, but this is not just like a movie about dolls being dolls. That's marketed for five-year-olds. There's some really poignant and important messages in this movie that I really, really enjoyed. And on top of some, some great performances, not least of all is Ryan Gosling, who we are, I'm sure going to be talking about in our Oscar game later, but we're going to go back through the ringer again. I got to get all of your thoughts, starting with M. I'd love to know what you thought about the Barbie movie. You wrote the review for Barbie up on agentsofandom.com. Everybody go check that out. So you can hear her thoughts there. 
But you're also yeah. going to get them here too. So, and what do you think about Barbie? I loved Barbie so much, and I, I mean, both of these were some of my most anticipated movies. But I just, I'm glad I didn't know. I, I kind of knew a little bit about it, but I only watched like the first couple trailers. Um, I wanted to stop seeing, you know, any more clips after a certain time uh, because I really didn't realize how meta it was and and how just like I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be more of a drama. I mean, it's, of course, there was like a lighthearted tone to it, but I didn't know how like existential it was going to be. And just just the they just nailed. I mean, it's genuinely probably one of the most feminist like pieces of media that I've seen in a long time, um, because just the way that they nailed like the experience of how women just like live in the world. It's, it's just so it's just the way that they chose to tell that story through Barbie. That's like, I mean, I, you know, growing up, Barbie was always kind of like, Oh, that's like a stereotypical type of, you know, perfection and beauty that nobody can live up to that. And it kind of like causes self-esteem issues for, for girls growing up and anyone. Um, but this just kind of like broke that down and, and show and it just made Barbie kind of go through a journey that just like every woman has. So it just, I mean, it was just brilliant. The the performances were amazing. I mean, Ryan Gosling genuinely is the perfect person to play Ken. Uh, Margot Robbie is just wonderful. Uh, she she just like nailed like the just being a doll, like just you know the <laughs> movements and and just everything about it. Like Ryan Gosling is just so funny. He's such an underrated actor that like. He's just so good in everything he does and all of the little like the movements, the facial expressions, just everything was just so funny. Um, and also, I really want to give a shout out to Kate McKinnon because she was absolutely hilarious. And, weird like, I Barbie. Love she's, weird Barbie is just. We all had a weird her, Barbie like, that we played with too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody oh, has one. And, and she just like just her her line delivery is always so funny and everything she does but like just the the when the way she's like like moving and doing like the splits i was cackling in the theater because it was just so <laughs> funny um but it, it just like america Ferrera was wonderful it just it, pretty much all the a-list actors to ever exist were either in barbie or oppenheimer and it was just so nice to see these people just i don't know i, I just i loved everything about it it was so fun like i i laughed pretty much the whole time i cried I mean, there were just the ending was just, I don't know. It, it, the, and the last line, honestly, for both Barbie and Oppenheimer, the last line of both of those movies had, well, one of them had me like stunned and the other had me genuinely cackling. It was, <laughs> it, it, it could not have been more perfect because that's, that's the female experience. I mean, that is, it, it, you know, you kind of thought she was going to this job and, and, you know, we're talking a little bit of spoilers here, but you kind of thought she was going into this job interview and then she's just, there like it's i mean it was just i won't like completely spoil it but it was just <laughs> genuinely perfect and i did not expect that so pretty much everything about it was absolute just 10 out of 10 again like i i have zero qualms with it it was wonderful the musical it just kind of it felt like a movie musical at some in some parts yeah and it just spoke to my heart like it's everything i love in a movie and it was just so pretty just, just very pretty so i oh. i just i loved it yeah, the set design was incredible. And I'll also, to the spoiler thing real quick, I didn't put a spoiler warning at the top, but as everybody listening to this, as, as I'm sure know, we are going to be talking about these two movies in depth, and there is going to be spoilers. Shocker for a lot of people, I know that there will be spoilers for the two projects we are here to talk about. <laughs> um, I know that that is a shocking <laughs> revelation for people. You two. 
that are this far into the podcast just still listening and upset about having these things spoiled for them. I know this is just a really, really tough week for you, but yeah, yeah so there will be, there will be spoilers, but yeah, you, you, you hit on that perfectly. And like the, the casts of both of these movies, I don't know if they filmed these at the same time, but if they did, I assume that nothing else was getting done in Hollywood because exactly. every single person in Hollywood is in one of these two movies. And it's like, we talked a lot about how Christopher Nolan is great at getting these great performances out of people. But Greta Gerwig did that too. And like, there's so many people like Kingsley Benadir and then like oh, Simu yeah. Liu both are like all these people too are just incredible. The Barbies, the kids, like, I don't even know a lot of the, na- like, the names of a lot of people. And I'm like, you know, like, they're awesome. Like everybody in this entire movie is awesome. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I like, for me, though, the, the Kins, like the humor with the Kins, that stuff <laughs> oh, works. I don't know I'll if they were you. just like, does that <laughs> I don't know if they designed that just for me, but that's how it felt. Because all the stuff with the Kins, I was just like, I was embarrassed at myself for how hard I was laughing in the theater. Like, I'm like trying, I'm like covering my it's mouth. It's really ironic my eyes how like, the Kins kind of like stole Barbies. I know. I was kind of like, it's, just, it's, it's about women. But yeah, but it was just, but what was perfect for me is like, it, so even like, the you know, I kind of went into it. I was kind of like, oh, the corporation's going to be, like, evil. You're going to sit there and hate them. But they all were just so dumb that you just laughed. <laughs> and that, that for me, that is beautiful, to have the, the men just kind of be dumb and, and not really, like, like, they're they're just kind of doing their thing. They're, they're doing their best. They think that they're doing they're something doing special. <laughs> they are. And, and I'm just, like, it's just, it was just funny. And the whole thing with, like, the patriarchy being about hordes. I mean, I, I just... That was so funny to me. I, I, it was just, it was just, it's like horses and, and men and like the trucks. Oh my God. It's so, it's just so brilliant. And the writing was just perfect. Like I could not have thought of anything better than, than that at all. Yeah. All the patriot they nailed the, like the patriarchy stuff was just hilarious. And then like that line late in the movie where Helen uh, Marin, who's narrating is like, Maybe one oh day the Kins will have as much influence in Barbie land as women do in the real world. I was like, there's all these kinds of like one liners in there. They're just like, yes. I can't believe she said that in a board. And like, I can, I would have loved to have seen the Warner brothers boardroom who probably looks exactly like the Mattel yes. boardroom does in the movie, having to listen and like go through this and just probably like roll in their eyes and stuff. But yeah, we, I know we just, we got still got a lot of praises to sing for this movie. I want to throw it to you next, Mark. What were your thoughts on Barbie? Uh, so I did Barbie uh, right after my Oppenheimer showing. So I did have 
a little bit of time. I had like 45 minutes to kill. So it's not like I walked right into the theater. I had time to go to the MacGuffin's bar there at AMC, <laughs> uh, get hydrated and, uh, and then head into my movie. And before I get my thoughts on the movie, can I just say, maybe this was just the case at only my theater. And I hope it, it is the case, but mm-hmm. considering uh, like Emma pointed out how there was kind of a wide range of ages who are going to see the Barbie movie. Like it's not a kid's movie, but there were a lot of parents bringing their, their daughters or, or just their kids in general to see this movie. The previews that were chosen for my particular screening were wildly inappropriate. We had uh, a preview for that Challengers movie um, with mm. uh, Zendaya, um, oh, and then really? another, yeah, and then another that uh, I'm like, this. You got some young kids in this theater. You might like. I mean, the, the Challengers movie is rated R. Like, uh, like so. Yeah, that's like, weird. For for yeah, Oppenheimer, weird. I would have expected. Which not to not to cut you off, but I, that just reminded me the previews that we saw for Oppenheimer. I. I was already stressed. I was like, I, I was stressed going into the movie, but I did not need to see almost the entire, it, it feel like that, that exorcist trailer, yes, they showed like the whole movie. Yes, yes. I was terrified. I know Ash, you probably liked it. it so but I, was, I literally was like laughing and like, I was covering my eyes and I was sitting there like laughing out of like pure, like nervousness because it was so creepy. I was terrified they played the music and the the creepy I was like I don't want to see this I really don't want to see this so that, that, that was my experience that was yeah. an incredibly long trailer it was so long it was, Why? So, long. It was far so too long way too long it's like uh, the whole but, movie like literally stop I don't need to see this right now exactly right <laughs> Um, I, that was, I got that for Oppenheimer as well, Emma. So, uh, uh, but not for Barbie, luckily, like they, they knew yes. at least not to put uh, that in front yes. of Barbie, but yeah, some wildly inappropriate trailers before the Barbie sh- uh, started considering again, there was going to be young girls there, but, mm-hmm. um, as for the movie itself, yeah, I mean, I, I, I adore this movie. It's such a good movie. Um, obviously it is the main goal is to show you know the experience that that young women and women in general go through but can i just say there, there was actually a lot devoted to male insecurity as well like like they covered it really well uh and it was covered mainly about through... you mark <laughs> someone think of the men not not my intent not my intent you're doing patriarchy right mark you're doing a good I'm... job with patriarchy <laughs> i'm trying to build to a larger point uh is that my my larger point is that it was not a men hating film like right. it legitimately points out like like you know in this uh, again spoilers uh ken his sense of self self-worth is tied to whether or not barbie likes him uh, it turns out she doesn't he's not that way uh but and, and you know to go through that uh self-discovery but you know listen in terms of the reaction like i said the, the reaction to oppenheimer again like people just tweeting out wild stuff People tweeting out like, oh, my God, like the, uh, I walked out because this movie hates men. All right. You can look at this from two perspectives. Number one, uh, option one, you can roll your eyes and say, oh, they're saying that we uh, explain the entire movie to uh, to our our significant other. We don't do that. Or you can say, yeah, we do. yeah, we do do that. OK, yeah. Fair <laughs> criticism. Like they're not pointing out anything that isn't true. OK. Uh, so yeah, I just, it's, it's great to, you know, be able to watch that movie. And again, it's a very fair, uh, balanced critique of our society and, you know, to deny it is to just be lying to yourself. Uh, so I thought it did a really good job 
um, uh, and the, the overall message of, you know, being okay with yourself and, and having your sense of self-worth. And can I just say that uh, America Ferreira's uh, monologue is just like, that should be talked about for years. All right. That was just such a well-stated, you know, encapsulation of what women go through every day, uh, you know, and that, that's, that can be relatable to, to, you know, all women out there, I assume. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just, yeah. uh, it, I just thought it was, uh, it was so well made. And I did like that one line, uh, that where Helen Mirren breaks the fourth wall. I was like, maybe we don't cast Margot Robbie to try and make <laughs> this point right. about not yeah. feeling attractive. And then like, yeah. I remember hearing Margot say that. I'm like, girl. Yeah, I was like, um, and I'm like, genius. Because everybody, should they knew everybody was going to be thinking that, like, I'm sorry, you're Jen, you're literally the most beautiful you're person Marvel I've ever seen. Robbie, like, <laughs> so you're funny. literally, you have boogers coming out of your nose, and you're still the most gorgeous right. person on the I don't look like that when I'm crying. Like, that's, I'm je- like, she's beautiful when she's crying. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I just thought that uh, that it was so well done, and you know, is it a little bit meta? Sure, but it's. Uh, I, I just I loved how it covered so many different things, and especially you know, uh, you know, mother daughter relationships. Yeah. Uh, you know, about how again kids grow up, and uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to grow apart. There's a path back there too. You know, uh, with uh, America Ferrera's character and, and her daughter. Um, you know, so I just I thought that it was it was so well done on a lot of fronts, and it's going to be a movie that rightfully smashes at the box office oh yeah i mean you know it's it appears it's already doing really well i don't have the numbers up in front of me but i think it, it rounded out something worldwide to like 375 million, million 200 okay yeah opening weekend which on a 140 million dollar budget is absolutely yeah. incredible this movie should get up there to a billion and should make a boatload of money and w- lord knows warner brothers needs it right now after the disaster yeah. that was the flash <laughs> oh so, yeah but <laughs> Mark, you know, you did a really good job talking about that. And also, like, one thing that I really love so much about this movie that you hit on a little bit is that there's something for everybody that's kind of been going through that at one point or another in their life has dealt with insecurity or anxiety or any kind of mental health issue. Like, there's a part in this movie for you, and there's, like, a storyline in there for you that helps you feel seen, like, regardless of what, which agree to the first part of what you said where people coming out and just being like, oh, they don't want you, they don't want men. And I was like, I don't know if you just had a predetermined like thought that that was what you were going to see about this movie. Cause that's what it feels like. Because like, I did not get that. I mean, men take over Barbie land for like half of the movie. And like, I know it's acknowledged that that's wrong, but I'm like, if they, if this was like a movie about hating men, like, I don't even know how they would have portrayed that because that's not at all what this is about. And I don't know how anybody can come out of that getting the vibe. Like, I mean, I I don't know, but they're not portraying anything that isn't true. You know, that's exactly that's what so men true. do, you know? Right. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. what the we do. Stuff was, yeah, the Godfather yeah. stuff was incredible. It's been, like, that was just, so funny. Like, Kingsley turns and looks, she's like, you haven't seen it? What? You haven't like, seen it? <laughs> I was like, because that's just, that's how it is. Like, and I feel like it's never, I've never had something like that where, you know, because women deal with that all the time and like, we'll talk about it. And, you know, men will kind of just be like, oh, we don't do that. We don't do that. And then like, it's right there. And I'm like, Yes, this is exact. Like, it's not just me. Like, everyone experiences this. So I went to see it with my boyfriend, Chris. We'll give him a shout out. Um, and he, he absolutely, it's over. He absolutely loved it. Um, but then there was like the time, like, when they started playing that Matchbox 20 song, I just looked at He was like, oh, I love that song. That's fair. That's totally fair. Love <laughs> so that song. It's just, it's just perfect. 
Yeah, they did a really, really good job with all that stuff. I, I really don't have any, any – in terms of, like, the way they chose to tackle everything, I have literally 10 out of 10, no notes, no complaints. Ash, yep. I'll throw it to you next. What would you think about the Barbie movie? Yeah, I mean, no notes. I think it, it's an instant classic, um, iconic even. Uh, Margot Robbie, of course she's Barbie. She's yeah. – like we were just saying, she's gorgeous, and she's just perfection. Um, but I also loved uh, Simu's character – like he, he, him up against Ryan Gosling, like perfect, perfect chemistry. I can't imagine anybody else uh, doing that. Chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, nice. Chemistry. That's a great pun. Um, Aisha, why don't you go? Because I have something in my eye. <laughs> Barbenheimer has. What'd you think, Aisha? <laughs> broke Me? Ash. Like, Ash is just us. broken off because of her. Yeah, <laughs> she saw her talk about tea and tears came down. <laughs> what would you think about Barbie, Aisha? Me? I mean, it's Greta freaking Gerwig, baby. Like, I love Greta so Gerwig true. the same way you guys love Chris Nolan. I, like, I adore Chris Nolan, but I love Greta's movies a little bit more. That's and right. it's Honestly, Barbie was not what I was expecting. Like, I was like, oh, it's like a Barbie movie. And I go in, it's like a whole story about like feminism and vulnerability and being okay to be vulnerable and like learning about the patriarchy in like in this way, other than reading in textbooks and history. <laughs> and something that stayed on to like clicked on to me is like in for Greta Gerwig movies, all she's directed for but for the main three she's always nailed nailed down the aspect of why it's hard to be human mm. like for example in Lady Bird Saoirse Ronan's character was talking about how it's hard to be a teen uh, like a female teenager and then little woman not only with Saoirse again talking about like the struggles of being a woman but Florence Pugh as well talking about the standards of marriage at that time in that era and Greta writes these monologues so well that uh, even in Barbie with America Ferrera and talking about like the realness of our society, it was just, ugh, like the writing was just perfect. <laughs> and yeah, about the cast as well, like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, perfect Barbie and Ken. Everyone in the cast was perfectly casted. Like when Kinsley Bennett, yeah, I man, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, and he's yeah. playing Bob Marley now too. There he is. He's girl. He's playing everybody. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like Gosling and like anyone's getting awards for this. Like Gosling and Ferreira both like stood out yes. to me. Like they're just perfect. Like this movie was just perfect. I loved yeah. it. I I agree. Well, Ash, if you're uh, if you now have your little the, the quarrel that was in your eye is no longer bothering you. Let's get <laughs> yeah, your let's have, get your thoughts I'm, on the. Uh, I'm good. You're good. Let's get your yeah. thoughts on the rest of the movie. Uh, I mean, I I I mean, I agree with everything that everybody has said so far. Um, it's it's perfect. I thought it was perfect. I walked out with a huge smile on my face. I mean, yes, there are like very kind of depressing tones. Oh, depressing Barbie. Oh my God. I, I feel attacked. I felt so attacked. I feel like I was like, yes, me. that is my, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the Pride and Prejudice. The yeah. Starburst. Watching Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the OCD and anxieties have sold separate. I'm like, I am yeah. so oh, sorry, and I don't like it. Brilliant. That was so good. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, Barbie is truly kind of that like 
pop song with that like sick tempo that just like makes yes. you want to dance but when you kind of read or just or really carefully listen to the lyrics you're just like wow this is really really heavy stuff yeah and yep. that's i think that's that, those are my favorite type of songs and i think this is my favorite type of movie too even that lizzo song the one in the opening yes. pink and how it was going like Lizzo oh, was yes. what Margo, like Margot's barbie was doing and i was like this is genius <laughs> so yeah. that was perfect yeah. for that for that moment yeah i'm usually not a person that is enjoys like I, I'm, I'm i know this is not a popular opinion i usually don't enjoy musicals like but all Ooh. the stuff within this yeah. movie the the song <laughs> the dancing everything especially like the Ken, again like the kins dancing at the end but even like that that uh the big dance at the beginning when she was like nothing nothing planned and i just a big blowout party with all the barbies and planned <laughs> choreography like you should stop by like that the actual planned choreography that they had planned was incredible so like that's a, those are some of my favorite parts of the movie, and it, which is saying something, like I said, as somebody that's not really into musicals, but they did just a phenomenal job with the sound and all that stuff. But we are getting ready to talk about, I was getting ready to dive into a specific song from this movie, but I am going to save that for one of the awards, which I think, I think many people are going to be, uh, yep. yeah, I think okay. a lot of people are going to be, might, might be having that one as an award, but the next game that we're going to play, <clears throat> we've given a very, all of us have given, you know, very broad thoughts but also some specifics on both barbie and oppenheimer i think the general consensus here at the agents of fandom is that we love both of these movies and we're just glad to have people going and seeing the movies like in theaters and, and enjoying all this kind cinema. of stuff so this has just been yeah cinema is cinema is back absolutely but <laughs> we've got oscars to give out now this is against I, I was i'm very excited to play this game because i think there while there may be some like similarities in our answers i do think we're gonna have some some different ones and i'm really excited to see if anybody swings for the fences with anything or, or maybe gives any kind of surprises because i feel like i've got to i know you all pretty well i feel like i've got an idea of the answers that i'm that i'm getting ready to see but i'm very excited so the game is each of us get four oscars to give away in any category that we choose now for everybody full disclosure this is not a draft if i pick best actor emma can pick best actor mark can pick best a anybody can pick whichever they can give any award they want to anybody so M, you're going to kick us off. Give us your, you got four Oscars to assign. You can do four for Barbie, four for Oppenheimer, whatever you want. You got four Oscars to give away and give them to anybody. Who are you giving them to? So my first one, um, I'll kind of start on the less uh, big awards uh, and kind of work up. But I absolutely believe uh, best production design needs to go to Barbie um, because it just was so beautiful. And that was one big thing that stood out to me was just the aesthetics it was just so fun to look at with the pinks and the, the little beach and all the decorations down to every single detail it was just perfection. So that will be my, my first Oscar Barbie is taking it. Um, and then I have a few, I, I wrote down more than four just because I need to cover my bases. Um, but I think the next one I'm going to go with is, I think we'll probably all have this, or at least a lot of us will. Best original song has to go to I'm Just Ken. Um, you know, when Mario came out, I was like, oh, Peaches is great. Jack Black really killed it. And I still believe that it's still very great. But if that wins over, I'm just Ken, then I will be upset. Uh, cause this was just, it's like an eighties, like power ballad musical, the, the key changes just, I mean, his singing was great. Like 
it all was just wonderful. So I've really honestly been uh, playing it on repeat since I saw it. So just that that's that's it's just great. So that's my second one. I'm going to go with. I, I know a lot of people are going to do best actor, best supporting, but I'm going to go with a couple different ones. Uh, I'm going to go with best director for Greta Gerwig. And this was really tough because I think Chris Nolan very much would deserve it as well. Um, but I'm going to go Greta because just every like decision uh, for this movie was just executed perfectly. Like the way that every, you know, where the actors were and like what they were doing, their facial expressions, just everything was just amazing. Uh, so I just, I think she very much deserves it. I would be happy with either Chris Nolan or uh, Greta, but I'm going with Greta because she's just, she's just wonderful. Um, and then finally, I am going to go best picture for Oppenheimer. I'm just mm. going to go balls to the wall. We're going to just, we're mm. just going to, cause I don't know what else is going to, I mean, we got killers of the flower moon coming, but I don't really see anything else kind of comparing to this. Uh, I don't really know the exact Oscar season, like where it cuts off. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it. Best picture Oppenheimer. I <laughs> that's for, yeah, that's, that's for really, really strong, uh, really strong picks right there. I, I'm with you too. On I, I actually feel bad for Jack Black because you remember when that came out, everybody was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, he's got best song, best original song locked up." And now it's like, Peaches is maybe twenty percent as good as I'm just can. Maybe yeah, I seriously exactly. don't remember the last time that a song like this came out that I've just had on repeat. Like I cannot I stop agree. listening to this song start to finish. It's absolutely incredible. But yeah. Four very, very strong picks right there. Mark, what about you? You got four Oscars to give out between Barbie and Oppenheimer. Who, who's getting them? All right. So the Michael Sarah coronation begins. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Let's go. Uh, so uh, my first one, and, I, and this is something that Ash brought up earlier, much earlier in our podcast, and I'm, I'm glad she did because this is something that Christopher Nolan's been criticized kind of unfairly for, uh, for a lot of his movies, and that's uh, sound mixing. Um, so I'm going to give... Uh, the Oscar for sound mixing to Oppenheimer. I mean, I was blown away. I was not in like a special theater or anything, but uh, there were points where my seat was actually vibrating. Like, uh, and it was not, again, not a special theater. It was purely from the actual uh, audio of the movie. Uh, you know, you heard everything. And there was that one review that uh, Adam had uh, shared with us the other day where it was like, this movie was bad because it was too loud. It's like, Wow, yeah, like the bomb is supposed <laughs> to be quiet. Yeah, it's a movie about the creation of the atomic bomb. Like it's yeah. going to be loud. Plus, if it were quiet, then people would do the usual things. Like Chris Nolan's movies actually aren't good because you can't hear them. I, again, I think people need to get their ears checked. But uh, so I just thought the sound mixing and just the overall audio quality was so good, and it definitely deserves to be recognized. And I think it will be. Um, so that's half prediction, half uh, you know entry in the game. Um, my other is also going to be for Oppenheimer, and uh, and that is for best original score. Uh, the mm. score was absolutely incredible, especially in the third act when it was pretty much going the entire time. Like it was playing, you know, and it was escalating uh, as like the scenes, especially in the hearing, got more tense. So like it, it was constantly going on while there was dialogue, and it, again, it was just kind of you know, becoming more and more uh, uh, prevalent. And I just thought I thought it was so well done, and it helped deliver again that the tension of those scenes so well so uh i just think that uh, best original score should also go to oppenheimer uh as for uh, best supporting actress 
uh, I'm going to go with America Ferrera here. Again, I just thought that she nice. was so fantastic in Barbie. Uh, it was uh, such a great role for her. And uh, I just, again, that monologue was so fantastic. And she really just captured the essence of this movie Movie for a non-Barbie character. Uh, it was uh, fantastic. So America Ferrera is my pick for uh, Best Actress. Um, and then for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The easy pick uh, is one that a lot of people are gonna, are gonna make. I know this is not a draft, but I'm gonna let other people make the obvious pick for best supporting <laughs> actor. I'm gonna go with little bit of a wild card here. It's not Michael Sarah. I'm going with Josh Hartnett. Um, I thought that Josh Hartnett was fantastic uh, in Oppenheimer. Adam doesn't like this pick. Okay. Um, uh, I thought that that Hartnett was fantastic uh, in Oppenheimer. And again, it's not the obvious pick. It's it's going to be RDJ. We know it's going to be RDJ. But I'm going a little outside the box here. Uh, I thought that he had some really good scenes. Uh, he was acting alongside Killian Murphy probably more often than anyone else. Uh, maybe Matt Damon. Uh, but, you know, they, they had a lot of scenes together uh, and there was a lot of give and take between the two of them. And I thought that he really did a great job on the screen. And uh, I'm I'm hoping for big things for him coming up with maybe some castings. Ooh, four more really strong picks. You guys are, are swinging for the fences and you're hitting home runs right now. That's that's incredible. And you also both have had two or at least one or two picks that I was not that I was not expecting. And I think. Generally, even though, like you said, this is not a draft, we're all going to kind of try to differentiate a little bit just for the sake of it would be boring if we all had the same picks. But, Ash, you're up next. Four Oscars going to Barbie and going to Oppenheimer. Or either or. Who's getting them? All right. So I'm going to start off with a bang. Um, Best picture, Oppenheimer, um, for sure. I know, like we said, there's other movies that are obviously going to come out. But right now, Oppenheimer, I think, uh, has it in the bag. Um, so I'm going to go a little rogue here. Okay. And (laughs) best original song, uh, I'm going to not choose, um, a song from Oppenheimer or Barbie. I'm going to choose, uh, Carolina Taylor Swift. Cause you know, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta like, you know, squeeze her in here somehow. (laughs) The product thing. Let's go Tay Tay. (laughs) The are coming. Yes, Swifties are oh. everywhere. You can't escape. Phantom Academy um, would be proud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, best director, I... Oh, gosh, this is hard because I think they both made something so special. Um, I'm going to go with Greta because I feel like... Christopher Nolan, yes, he did an outstanding job, but it is a film, not that he has made before, but it it's very, it's a familiar formula, I feel like, that he uses. And where Greta, I feel like she stepped out of her comfort zone, and it's just, it's truly unique. I've never watched any movie like Barbie. 
Um, so Greta's going to get best uh, director, um, supporting actor, RDJ. <laughs> uh, yes, there we go. Adam. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, he killed it. He was, he was, oh, he was such a hater and he just, he played it so yeah, he well. He really was. <laughs> hater honestly, of the year. Yeah. Really, like, I honestly admired that, that level of uh, pettiness. Yeah, uh, I, I, you gotta respect that just a little right. bit. Right, he was so As calculated. You know, leave it to the leave it to the Swifties to break the parameters <laughs> of the game and select, and select the Taylor Swift them. song for the for best version. I was you confused me because you were like, I'm gonna go outside of the box and I'm not picking from. Bo- from Barbie and Robin, I was like, wait, what? You're not even going to do what? <laughs> oh, okay. No, you can Aisha. Ash. Ash and I will start the campaign. <laughs> yes. Aisha, it's we're on to you. It's a great song, guys. Got... Okay, listen to it. <laughs> yes, do You've it. got listen four Oscars to give out between Barbie between Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> Who's Swift. getting them? Taylor okay. Taylor That's director Taylor Swift. Electric Touch, Taylor. right? <laughs> oh yeah that could also yeah look your checks is perfect rock and anyway not the point <laughs> i was gonna go best original screenplay Ooh. and that's going to barbie because greta gerwig and noah yes. bumbach her husband nailed it because like i said barbie was so unexpected and that and the writings and contributed to like america ferrera's monologue too like it was just beautifully written beautifully just done. My pay second pay our writers. Yes, pay our writers, please. Writers, please. Like AI can't do this. This is from the brains exactly. of Greta and Noah. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna agree with Mark with best supporting actress, America Ferrer, because she nailed that performance. Like that comeback. Like I haven't seen her in a lot of movies, and this is probably her comeback performance. And that was mm-hmm. Barbie was like the perfect performance for her to come back and into the film world again, and just perfect. Uh, best score. I'm gonna go with Oppenheimer because Ludwig Göransson. He 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 like he is an Oscar winning. Yeah, he's an Oscar winning composer. Like Black Panther was phenomenal, and and this score like it's like a roller coaster. Like he elevates this film just from his music, and it's just perfect. And finally, best best projection design, like M said, is going to Barbie. Because the level of pink and toy-like structures is insane. Like, I want to go there and visit Barbie Land just to experience all that, right? That must have been so much fun. Right? Like, I would would totally go there just to have fun for a whole day and act act childish as possible. (laughs) There were people from other sets, apparently, and I think it was the one Ryan Gosling, or there was some interview that I think it was with Greta, actually. And they said that people from who were filming other projects on the Warner Brothers lot like went over to yeah. the Barbie set just to see the set because it's just I mean yeah it's literally like your bar, like Barbie dream house that you had growing up like come to life and it, it mm-hmm. had to have been so cool yeah. to just like, like hang out there every day. Like speaking of like other sets coming in like the what's it called the Barbie car like that was made yes. by the same people who did the Batman and I remember reading an interview of them being like so thrilled to be like yes we can do pink cars and not just the Batman car and I'm just like 
It's just great. It's just great. Yeah. The Barbmobile. The, uh... the Barbmobile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's so interesting to me about the, the Barbie production design too is like there's a way that they could do that if they were really cheap with it where it's just like they're just standing in like in the in the middle of that little cul-de-sac and we can see all that but it's all done with the volume and green screen and like I just love how real it felt like and I know they've said like that is a real they built all of it and they spent however many thousands of gallons of pink paint like that's just that is how <laughs> you like, if you're gonna do it you do it right right yeah, yeah. and it's like that just it looks so it looks so cool and like you guys said it looks like a really fun place to hang out but I think I now have to make my picks and it's going to be a little bit hard to pick any kind of unique anything unique after we've already had uh we'll see what 16 picks off the board I don't think has no one did no one pick Killian Murphy for best actor am I going to be the first oh, I person nobody did that to really pick that obvious, oh, you know? yeah. yeah I was yeah. like let me go away from the obvious <laughs> a little bit so ones out of the world. I was saving it for you Adam yeah oh, there we go so thank you for giving me the one pick that I like <laughs> one th- I want to shout out in his performance that like so oftentimes, you know, there was a meme going around not too long ago that's like, I think we've all, we all saw it on Twitter and other social media. It's like, show me a good male performance where he's not yelling. There's mm, not a mm-hmm. lot of them. It wasn't great. You know, there, there's <laughs> so oftentimes like men get into it and they start yelling or it gets like, they're really, really happy and stuff. One thing that I thought Killian Murphy does so well in this movie is that he never really gets too high or too low. Like, I think the most emotion that we see from him is when they come back. And from like after the bomb test and they're, they're lifting him up on his shoulders. And even then, like he's happy and we see like a lot of dread and stuff on him, like in the fallout of his consequences, but it's never, he's never like balled up in a corner crying and screaming. Like it's like just pure shock, like on his face and stuff. And just the way he carries like Oppenheimer through that journey while also not getting too high or too low. I I really, I wrote about this in my review of for agents of fandom.com. If I go check that out that I really think it's like one of the best performances that I've seen, like in recent memory, like I, there's not a handful of five or six that I can just be like, Oh, this is better. This is better. This, because like, what about it, Ryan it really, it's just, he is great. Ryan Gosling is great. I, I don't think it's quite, and I'm, I'm really glad that the two of them are not going to be competing for each other because I don't think unless I'm, unless I'm sorely mistaken, I don't think Ryan Gosling is going to fall into like best lead actor. Because I don't really, there really shouldn't be. If you think about it, there shouldn't be a lead actor from Barbie. No, Margot I don't Robbie think there should was. be the Margot lead Robbie, actress. Yeah, and then there, that should yeah. be it. Like there shouldn't also yeah. be a lead actor from the Barbie film. Like that just that you know that right. just seems. I know patriarchy and all that you know, but so <laughs> my, I'm gonna take my. I, I was I've been as you guys were making your picks. I was looking through. I, I pulled up, went to the Academy's website, and I'm pulling up because. I don't even know all the, like, I have a tough time remembering. There's so many different Oscars that they give out every year. But the one that, st- that stands out to me, I think, and also, if I'm not mistaken, Oppenheimer would be considered an adapted screenplay, right? Because it's a yeah. real life mm-hmm. event, like adapted. To, I'm going to give best writing for adapted screenplay to Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Because for me, the, this film just from start to finish, like from down to the most, like what seem inconsequential, inconsequential conversations are just like so captivating. Like it doesn't matter every single character. There's not a single character where I'm like, Oh, this is a waste of time. Like, and I've seen this movie three times. If somebody was a waste of time, I would have picked up on it by now. And there's not a single person that I'm like, uh, like my third time watching, I wasn't like, Oh, here comes the, the such and such scene. Oh, here comes the Josh Peck. Scene. Here comes the Josh Hartnett scene. I want to fall asleep for the next five minutes. Like, no, like every single person in this movie, 
does an incredible, an incredible job. And like, I was a little disappointed. I think we all were that Florence Pugh's not in the movie all that much. Like, I, and I know for her role, like, I think that would have been one of those things you'd had to twist history a little bit to write a bigger role for her. Cause it seems like that's probably, it was about the extent of their relationship and stuff. But, um, so uh, yeah, for my, for my second one, we're going to go with best writing. He for left, by the way, he left building a bomb to go be with Florence Pugh. Like, that's fair. Okay, like, so like, real of him. I mean, I would. So real. Real. Yes. Like, who else would he wanted to? He would exactly. Right. <laughs> so I love the the callback every time of like, did you bring me flowers? Yes, throws the flowers yeah. away. Flowers, like, flowers, the flowers is great. That was just a great. That was yeah. great. They did really really good job yeah. with that. So, I'm, my third one is going to be a pick. You guys have already made this, but it's what I feel very strongly about. Best original song, just ha- like it has to go to I'm just Ken. It can't. I, I don't, unless like the best song ever made comes out in the second part of this year it already or, or did, whatever. Carolina. It, <laughs> boo. Yeah, boo. Just wait, just unless, wait until Leo has a musical number in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, right. Based on his accent that we've seen in the trailers, I just have my doubts on the, the kind of performance that we're getting. Like, I know everybody's talking about how great it is, but like, I just... When when actors oftentimes have to do these really heavy accents, that stuff just doesn't hit for me. Like, it's the same... Mark, you were talking about this in uh, The Departed. Some of those accents in The Departed, like Matt Damon's especially, or not, uh, I don't know if it's Damon's or somebody else's, but uh, it may be Leo's, I'm thinking, but just some of these, especially like the Boston stuff, when bo- actors that aren't from Boston try to give a Boston accent, it's, it's like really jarring. But anyway, I'm, we're way, we're way, way off topic. Yeah, I've, I've got to give best, best original song to I'm Just Ken, because for me, like I've literally been listening to it nonstop. And both the times I've seen it, I'm just like watching, just like so captivated and amazing. And then the dance and everything that goes along with it. I'm not sure if that actually fits into the the uh, like the voting or fits into the criteria for it or anything. I don't know if it's just the song, but like the choreography that goes along with it from the Kins just takes it to another level. Like it's even just if you just listen to the song, you're like, this is amazing. And then you watch the Kins dancing to it, and you're like, my life could not get any better than it is in this one moment right now. This like. It's all downhill from here. Now, okay. also, I'm going to piggyback off of one of Ash's pick. Ash's picks for my last one as well. And I know Ryan Gosling is, is awesome in this movie. He is. But we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and that's that I think Ryan Gosling has more chances throughout the rest of his life to win another award. And I, you know, when, when Leo won for The Revenant, and uh, like Samuel, just this past week, Samuel L. Jackson talking about getting the one of the honorary Oscars, but and being like, there's many many performances that I think I should have been nominated for and won for in, in uh, previous times. I feel like I know comic book stuff is never going to get credit unless it's uh, like adaptations like The Joker or like these really dark, grounded adaptations. Like you're not going to see like anything, mostly especially like Marvel. Um, I mean, the closest thing they ever came, I believe, was this past year with Black Panther Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever. And that was a really, really awesome movie. But I don't think anybody would have been like seriously considering that for Best Picture or anything like that. But like, and I know uh, Angela Bassett, deservingly so, was nominated. And I really still think she got snubbed. I've seen, I love yeah, everything I everywhere all at yeah. once. But Jamie Lee Curtis is J- not like, as good in that on. movie as Angela Bassett no. was in Wakanda Forever. I'm, I'm sorry, she just wasn't. But. Yeah. I got to give best supporting actor to Robert Downey Jr. because I just don't I don't know if there's going to be another chance for him to do anything like this. And 
for for him to do what he did, I mean, I firmly believe he is one of the most consequential actors in history because like what he did with Marvel, like Marvel wouldn't have become Marvel without him. And if Marvel didn't become what Marvel is now, movies look a hell of a lot different than they do right now if Marvel wasn't what Marvel is. So I really think like his performance throughout the MCU, but especially like in Iron Man and those early movies, like changed the course of movie history forever. And now everybody's trying to replicate what Marvel's, what Marvel's doing. How many times do we see some successful movie and then they're like, yeah, we're spawning off a franchise. Like they're doing, they've got all these, what the prime video, the Citadel series. And they're like, yeah, it's, yeah, we got the Citadel cinematic universe coming out. And then it's like, yeah, we've got the extraction cinematic universe. We got all this. And it's like, why? Like, I know why you're doing this because you see Marvel making a billion dollars every time I doing it. But guys, this is just completely unnecessary, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to give bet for my four picks. Anyway, I'm going to run back through it. Best actor, Killian Murphy, adapted screenplay, best writing for adapted screenplay, Oppenheimer, best original song, I'm Just Ken, and best supporting actor, RDJ. That's, I'm pretty confident about those picks. I think we all, I'm actually proud of us. We kind of hit on a few really, really good ones, but we all differentiated a little bit. The production design, like I said, I didn't, I didn't pick on that one particularly, but like that will be one of the big snubs too. Like if that doesn't go to Barbie, just because they, they clearly put so much time and so much effort and stuff into that, um, that they definitely deserve to win. But I honestly want there to see a Barbenheimer film too, though. Oh, that's true. Good. That's all the oh, good ones. Oh, right, Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. I actually, okay, that'll seen, be tough. Uh, I still <laughs> think it should go to Barbie, but Asteroid City yeah. is absolutely beautiful. So yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be a tough one. But I, I would like well, to see a Barbenheimer sweep. I'd be okay with that. That would be yeah, especially after yeah, everybody's enjoying this weekend so much. That would be appropriate yeah. to then just see it just completely sweep the uh, the Oscars and stuff. But guys, this has been. Just the t- I've had the time of my life doing this podcast with y'all. This has been so incredibly fun. We're getting ready to close things out. I think we've already had close to a two-hour episode, which I was thinking when we first drew up this list, I was like, oh, this looks pretty short. This will probably be like an hour. And then no- knowing us, we talk and talk and talk and talk about the things we love. That's that's what we do, though. So I want to I pass it all to you guys to give your socials and stuff and anything that you may be working on as well. So kick it to you first, and Where can the people find you? And is there anything that you want to plug? Any, any work, you know, past, previous, upcoming, anything like that? Uh, let's see. I always have a, the best time in the world trying to plug all my socials. Um, but Twitter, if that's even going to still exist for a little while, uh, it's under, underscore E-M-M-I-N-E-M-M-N-M. Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, books underscore and lattes. That's my like book account, but I kind of use it to talk about pretty much everything. Uh, that's Those are kind of my main socials. Um, I don't have anything upcoming, really. That's uh, all that I don't really have anything upcoming for now, but my Barbie review uh, is up. And since, you know, we're all talking about Barbenheimer, that would be nice if people could go check that out. Uh, I have just some other reviews. The Summer I Turned Pretty season two is out. It is, I think, on episode four now. So my review for the whole season is up there, too. And yeah, just check out my articles. Uh, if you want to see me just talk more about Barbie and a lot of unhinged movie tweets, then go ahead and follow me. <laughs> Everybody, make sure to go do that. And yeah, every like the summer I turned pretty. Barbie, go check out those two great two great reviews on the site. Mark, what about you? Where can the people find you? And why don't you talk a little bit about those uh, those scroll power rankings articles that you've been writing? Uh, yeah, you can find me on what was formerly known as Twitter, might now be known as X uh, at Mark Pacelli thirteen. That is P I S E L L I, and it's kind of the only social media platform I'm really active on. But when Twitter slash X does go belly up. You can find me on threads. I'll be threading. Um, so uh, uh, that's just Mark underscore Paselli. Uh, but yeah, I, I 
usually power rank scrolls. Uh, I do so every week for uh, agentsoffandom.com. So it's becoming a more and more difficult endeavor each week because <laughs> there are very few scrolls that are worth ranking, but uh, and even fewer humans who you could potentially see become scrolls. So uh, it is a labor of love. So please read them all on agentsoffandom.com. <laughs> Yeah, you, I gotta say, you've been doing a great job with those, and we've only got one week left uh, to talk about Secret Invasion, and I gotta say, it's, it's been a while since I was kind of excited for a Marvel property to be over, and to, to move on to the next, like, I'm super, super excited for the Marvels. I was gotta say, I was a little bit bummed to learn that this is gonna play so heavily into that, because like, I really don't like Secret Invasion, and I don't want this to hurt any of my like hype for the Marvels, because I'm super excited for that, so I don't want a lot of this stuff to carry in because like the Marvels just seems like it's going to be absolutely awesome. But Ash, what about you? What have you been working on and where can the people find you on socials? You can find me on Ash or at Ash nerds more <laughs> on uh, Twitter, Instagram threads. Um, I'm Ash reviews more on letterbox. Oh yeah. I um, yeah. Right now I'm, you know, I will be working on something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it's a little, it, these are confusing times, as Hulk would say, with, um, you know, the strikes going on. I'm trying to kind of figure out what I'm comfortable with doing right now. Um, but I, I plan on, you know, writing and maybe making some some TikToks for agents of fandom. Um, but that's where you can find me. That's what's going on. I do want to fact check myself. Um, <laughs> so Carolina was, was last year's. This <laughs> last year's. Uh, I can win again. It's okay. They can do it again. Ruin it. They can do it again. Yeah. Okay. They can do it again. But anyways, that's it. Yeah. Ash, for those of you that are listening, Ash has an incredible review up on uh, agentsphantom.com of Indiana mm -hmm. Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Go make sure make sure you go check that out, which is a film that I very much enjoyed, even though it, it kind of had a bit of a spiraling box office and, and theater run and got a lot of, I think, undeserving negative talk, but Ash wrote a great review on it, so everybody go check that out. Aisha, what about you? Where can the people find you on socials? And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this Marvel's trailer breakdown that you're writing and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can find me on the dying app known as Twitter, <laughs> Evans Larsons, as the public would know me, <laughs> or Evan if for TJ. <laughs> If you know, you know. Anyway, and then I'm Aisha Shabish, which is my full name, smashed together on Instagram, Threads, and Letterbox. And speaking of the Marvels, I did write the trailer breakdown for the second trailer that's coming out very soon. And I'm very excited for people to read it. And I'm very excited for people to see this movie because I love Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and Monica and Bo. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think we're all super excited for the Marvels, but everybody everybody, stay tuned to theagentsoffandom.com. Every week we've got content for everybody up there. Great articles, news, reviews, editorials, all that kind of stuff. There's stuff for everybody. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to sit down and talk about these two awesome movies with me. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a chore for something that I think we were all very, very excited to talk about. For our listeners, thank you all for taking a couple of hours out of your day to listen to this podcast. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.